Marvel's The Punisher, a show that we all care about, will not return for a third season on Netflix. Showrunner Steve Lightfoot, the terrific crew, and an exceptional cast including star John Bernthal delivered an acclaimed and compelling series for fans. Was it acclaimed and compelling, though? And we are proud to showcase their work on Netflix for years to come. In addition, in reviewing our Marvel programming, we have decided that the upcoming third season will also be the final season for Marvel's Jessica Jones. We are grateful to showrunner Melissa Rosenberg, star Kristen Ritter, and the entire cast and crew for three incredible seasons of this groundbreaking series, which is recognized by the Peabody Awards, among many others. We are grateful to Marvel for five years of our fruitful partnership and thank the passionate fans who have followed these series from the beginning, which is why they're screwing them all over. Anyway, that was Netflix uh, confirming the cancellation of Punisher and Jessica Jones to Deadline. I'm Chris Compendio. This is episode 40 of AP Marvel. I'm here with Izzy Show, AP Marvel's own Jessica Jones. Hello, Izzy. Hi. You have met Kristen Ritter, so like, just just by, I, I assume you shook her oh hand. My God. What? <laughs> I have, I can send a picture of that. Yeah. Um, if I can find, if it's on my phone, if I can find. Now, were you yeah. cosplaying at Jessica Jones, or were those just her regular clothes? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you. Both. It was both. Wow. Like, I have now digressed to wearing that leather jacket and those, like, just jeans every day. And I have mostly black shirts. So. Wow. Yes. Where does the Izzy end? Where does the Jessica begin? Um, we got two guests. Not one guest, but we got two guests. Because <laughs> <laughs> I had two different, uh, two different peers of mine, two different uh, other content creators, and they said, Chris... We gotta talk about Jessica Jones. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna pull them all together. Uh, Caitlin Gillies Rowe, hello. Hi. And uh, we usually do plugs into the end, but like we can we can talk. Like I think the context is important. So you run uh, your geeky gal pal. I sure do. Do you want to talk a little bit about what you guys do? And um, this is coming out uh, a week from today. We're recording this, but so like, a week before this comes out, you just had a really really awesome episode i just listened to today thank you <clears throat> sorry i'm dying a little bit um there you go yep so yeah so i ran your geeky gal pal which uh is a small gaming and pop culture website that tries to focus on um not being the usual ign but baby version um <laughs> And we try to focus on like queer people and people of color and doing crit. Uh, we also have a podcast called Palin Around, which Chris was alluding to, where we do critical deep dives on um, topics that are affecting the industry and how they relate to our culture and the uh, internet and all that kind of stuff. And so uh, when you're hearing this, it'll have been out for a week, but you should go listen to it because it'll be uh, still good and still relevant. Um, we just did an episode with... Emma from Game Workers Unite talking about um, more than like just unionization 101 kind of stuff going into, you know, their anniversary and what the human side of being an organizer kind of looks like and just getting some answers and kind of opinions from her on stuff that's been happening lately. And it was really cool. Yeah. Um, it was educational, it was frightening, but it was also motivating, as I think <laughs> that was my <laughs> review of it, because, uh, you know, assuming that all of our labor issues have not been solved in the, the week in between this <laughs> recording and release, uh, it's, 
it's it's very real, it's very present, and people should be aware. But uh yeah, I just I want to get that off the top of the show because I think it's really important. Um Hannah Frank is our other guest. Hello. Hello. So excited to be here. Yeah, you are the host of Talking Tropes. Yes, um, it's a media, um, film and TV mostly, um, critical <laughs> podcast, but um, we pick a trope each week or a show, um, and we talk about the tropes therein, uh, and it's a lot of fun. You should check it out. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I know David Frank because we went to school together, we wrote comedy together and stuff like that. And, and I am his cousin. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the Frank family. Family, the um, Frank fam. Yeah, the, the media empire. <laughs> <laughs> truly, truly, one day. Yeah, so yeah, uh, starting off the top of the show with that, just to just so you know, as we talk about Jessica Jones, you got some smart people. Uh, we know what we're talking about. So, this episode's called Pour One Out for <laughs> Jessica Jones. <laughs> Uh, so let's do a little retrospect. Um, obviously there's still a third season coming out, but since she is officially, you know, the show is basically dead in the water, uh, this third season will kind of be a lame duck, let's call it. It must really suck to be working on post right now. (laughs) Jeez. Um, so let's rewind a little bit. Um, premiered, uh, what, 2015, but before that it was a... It was a Brian Michael Bendis joint. Uh, it was a graphic novel series called Alias, not to be confused with the J.J. Abrams alias. <laughs> uh, any of y'all familiar with Alias and uh, what came afterwards from, from Bendis uh, with Jessica Jones? No. Well, I know Runaways was after Alias, right? I assume. I, uh, that sounds I right. Think. Yeah. Oh, he did Runaways. Yeah. Yes, I've read Runaways. I have he not did, read like, Alias. The first yeah, he had the first run of Runaways, and I also am Nico, AP Marvel's Nico. Yes, you're Nico and thing. Jessica Jones. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> um, I think. I mean, my knowledge of like Alias and like as Jessica Jones in general was that I think Luke Cage appeared in some series and it was known like it was Jessica and Luke and they had like a kid and so that's how I first know like knew who she was I might be mixing the information together from like the past but like I think that's how I remember like first hearing her name yeah. and then like after Netflix announced a deal then yeah, I mean, this was supposed to be, like, a mature Marvel imprint. Like, it still has that first scene of Jessica, like, throwing the dude into the glass door <laughs> of, of Alias Investigations. And it's significant because the first word uttered in the comics is, I, I forget which character, if it's Jessica or the dude that she's throwing. One of them just yells, fuck! <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is like real Marvel here. Let and Marvel say fuck. Yeah, let Marvel say fuck. fuck. Um, let Chris, let Jessica cuss um, at Netflix. But it was, I, I kind of like how they got, they kind of got more into superhero stuff in Alias because it was more connected to the wider Marvel universe. Like technically, the show is in the MCU, but. Eh, the TV shows were kind of their own thing. Mm-hmm. So you had weird tidbits like, apparently Jessica Jones went to the same high school as Peter Parker and had a crush on him, but he never noticed her? 
Hmm. That's um. I could have sworn I saw that detail somewhere. <laughs> well, I was like thinking, like I realized, I guess, like they were. I guess Peter was the same age as Jessica, right? right? So, um, but it's there. There, you know, there's kind of like a there's like a distinct art style when Jessica Jones is younger and you know when she tries to be like the jewel superhero which they allude to in the netflix show but they just kind of toss the costume away (laughs) literally and figuratively and you know um having luke cage in there are a lot of guest characters you know but i guess um within the confines of the netflix part of things uh luke cage was all they can you know really get i mean um, I don't know if you guys realize this, but this was meant to be an ABC show at first from the same writer, Melissa Rosenberg, who, uh, you know, she's done a lot more TV work, but I think she's most famous for writing the Twilight films. Oh, wow. Yeah, right? Yikes. <laughs> uh, Any Twilight fans here? No. Yo, I, I, just, know. I just fucking recently rewatched all of those movies because I was held hostage and... Um, <laughs> They're a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta watch it with the commentary on. That way you can just hear sad Robert Penn. <laughs> that just seems awful, actually. <laughs> Hearing that boy just be upset about his career is not how I want to spend my time. I know. Unfortunately, Melissa Rosenberg was in the commentary for the first movie. But I distinctly remember the the director, Crescent Stewart, and Robert Pattinson were there, and a lot of it was just like the director going, yeah, we wanted to do this for that shot, but the weather didn't really work out, so it's not really that great. And then Robert Pattinson's like, Robert Pattinson's like, I have really small hands in that shot. And it's just like these <laughs> random observations. The God, that would be me. Uh, that's beautiful. Uh, yeah, I don't believe ABC picked it up. But I, I believe in that incarnation, it was supposed to make more references like, you know, Stark Industries, yada, yada, yada. And it was supposed to be Carol Danvers, not Trish Walker, who was going to be her bud. But that would have been weird. Yeah. yeah obviously. Yeah. Uh, movies got planned for her. So I couldn't work out for obvious reasons. But I don't think this show would have worked on network TV. No, no. not at all. Yeah. No. Yeah. Or, I mean, I guess a shittier version would have, but... Yeah. I kept... Okay, I saw the Oscars, and they kept <laughs> showing that ad for uh, Whiskey Cavalier. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> that actually looks pretty Okay, good. here are my thoughts. <laughs> this is a digression, but here are my thoughts on Whiskey Cavalier. <laughs> All of the, like, joke ads that they had before, like, the, like, joke, like, getaway vacation ads and, like, yeah, the fake, yeah. like, spy tampon ads, I liked that. And then anytime <laughs> it just cut to, like, the network, like, casual romance, like, bullshit, it was so bad and I lost interest mm. immediately. I just yeah. can't with it. It sure looks like a show. Um, yeah. But- yeah. It's like a weird... Oh wait, is this a TV show? Yes. yes yeah. Oh, I thought we were just talking about like a whiskey brand. Was just like we're getting real wild with their advertising. I was way more into that. Well, there was the whiskey <laughs> brand that had the Ridley Scott commercial. That was weird. That was a strange, so weird, bizarro commercial. Anyway, yeah, I was just, I was just kind of saying, yeah, there is definitely a divide between network TV and cable TV. Yeah, um, and. Not, yeah, and there's even, like, the third tier of, like, it's premium TV. So, like, you have your HBO, you have your Showtime, mm-hmm. and now... Your n- FX? Yeah, FX is kind of... Yeah, FX and AMC are definitely trying to get there. 
even though they're still technically basic cable, but definitely Netflix, definitely Amazon, Hulu, mm-hmm. and D- Disney Plus uh, yeah. are trying to get there too. Uh, but yeah, and then and then um, you know what <laughs> I wrote down here in the doc. What can we say about Rosenberg's prior work? And I think everyone just kind of groans when I said the Twilight movies. <laughs> I mean, it almost makes sense seeing with season two of Jessica Jones, like that connection. I just don't understand where season one came from. Then, <laughs> uh, I mean, Valius, I would guess. Because, I guess. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, but- I guess you can see it in the, like, kind of overtly forced romance arcs, too. Like, some of her stuff with Luke Cage, I was like, all right, I guess this is, sure. Yep, all right. Cool, 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 cool. Cool, cool, yeah. cool, 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 cool. And to be fair, like, I don't think she's, she's not to blame for Twilight. Like, she didn't, she's not Stephanie Meyer. That's true. So. She made, I'm, she made Twilight worse. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. She also wrote the first Step Up movie. I'm looking up at Wikipedia right now. Fascinating. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, episodes of Ally McBeal, Boston Public, Birds of Prey, The OC. Wow. Um, oh, she wrote for Birds of Prey? That show yeah. was fun. Yeah. It's probably uh, really bad, but I enjoyed it <laughs> at the time. Dexter. She wrote eight episodes. She was nominated for two Writers Guild of America awards. Which season of Dexter? Uh, probably the good ones because she actually got award noms, so that's... What year? Uh, 2006 to 2009. Yes, like early. Days. Okay, yes, so not, so <laughs> like. This woman has written for like every messy media property in the last decade. <laughs> Hercules, look at that. Um, not, uh, what was the other one? Xena, you know, that would have been, oh man. I, I don't remember Hercules very well except for Disappointed, like that one clip. Um. No one knows what I'm talking about. Anyway. Which I Hercules so. are we talking about? Yeah. Here? It was like Kevin Sorbo, and it was kind of like the same era. I think it was the same production company. Maybe the same universe as Xena. So it kind no. of had that same... I no show. idea. Yeah. yeah. Man. I think I remember it because my high school drama teacher would quote it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> big big Kevin Sorbo fan. Yeah. She'd be like disappointed. I'm like, oh, yeah. That sounds like that sounds familiar. Yeah, I'll put but, like, the show notes. <laughs> I guess like going along your point, um, I mean, so, so Daredevil came out before this, and I think no, I think people, I guess, when they heard about the Netflix series, they're like, oh, like, this will be like you know interesting, like a new like new Marvel TV, right? Like more content's great. But I remember, I think when Daredevil first came out, no one expected to be like I guess that level of mature and like also to be that good considering you just had Ben Affleck as Daredevil (laughs) and I think this I think I guess Jessica Jones had the same thing like one no one expected I guess people didn't know what they were like expect getting into I mean they had the Daredevil to go back on but like and they I guess maybe expected like that quality but like I think it's really I think I guess the claim came from like this like very low expectations and then like just this very stellar like quality yeah i mean it is it's like kind of marvel dipping their toes in quote-unquote prestige tv for the first time uh not to say that daredevil wasn't i mean i really like daredevil but you know it didn't really get anything except for like stunt awards but you know as this press release mentions uh recognized by the peabody awards (laughs) um 
so this was kind of this was kind of like um marvel television's big critical hit so it was their first female oh sorry their second uh female title character the first being agent carter how could you forget agent Carter? i literally wrote it down here and i, I forgot anyway but agent okay. carter great show i love agent carter a lot season two eh, a little iffy but uh they should bring agent carter back oh yes yeah Disney Plus. I was thinking. I, I was. That was my shower thought today. It's like, wait, why don't they just do that? <laughs> <laughs> because they're doing like. They're, I'm not gonna. Okay, sure. Yeah, Scarlet Witch and Vision show. Yeah, whatever. Give me Agent Carter season three, bitches. <laughs> um, God. You're gonna make me pay for a whole service. Yeah, <laughs> at least for you real. could do. Haley Atwell, give her more work. Jessica Jones, not a costumed hero, and maybe not a hero at all. Uh, Caitlin, would you agree with that? <laughs> yes. She's, uh, she's, I mean, she's ultimately like, I'm not a hero, don't say that. And then yeah. she, like, you know, kicks people in the shins or whatever. She's <laughs> yeah. got to pick up someone's car and, yeah, like, I don't know, smash their window or something like that. Well, sorry to jump in. Um, I, I think, like, I watched Daredevil season one, and I know I'm in the minority of people on this podcast who Uh, did not uh, enjoy Daredevil. Oh, I didn't like it either. Okay. That's fair. That's valid. I just know from your past episodes that you guys love it. Um, (laughs) I'm not... I mean, like, I... Get out of my... No, uh, go ahead. (laughs) I, like, I enjoyed it, but, like, it was just so much, like, legal jargon. I'm like, I don't understand half of what... (laughs) For me, like, it was just... I think especially after Daredevil, where the character was so conflicted all the time, (laughs) to sort of have Jessica just sort of own not being a hero... And to just sort of yeah, own, like, yeah. yeah, I fuck shit up. I do what I have to. Who cares about God? Like, you know, it was just nice. <laughs> no gods, no kings, only Jessica Jones. Exactly. <laughs> only whiskey. <laughs> only whiskey cabinet. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. Coming yeah. soon to ABC. Uh, so what was what, what would you say, like, Jessica Jones's arc then was? You know, like, she seems to kind of know who she is as a person, but what did she... Like, what did her arc consist of, and, like, what kind of themes, and, and like, giving you a lot of things to talk about right now, <laughs> but, like, uh, if you just kind of want to jump into that. I mean, my thing with Jessica Jones that I have a hard time with is she's absolutely, like, every shitty, fucked up, like, scruffy video game man, but, like... <laughs> It's less awful because she's a woman. Agreed. And like, and, like, that's frustrating on some levels because I think that trope is just generally bad. Like, I think being, yeah. like, an unrepentant, angry alcoholic who, like, sometimes has a quote-unquote heart of gold is, like, a lot to unpack. And, um, you know, there's a lot going on in that. Um, and I don't know how successful Jessica Jones is, like, ever is, honestly, of, like, dealing with that in any meaningful way um but i enjoyed it when i first watched it and i mean like i like that shit i'm a sucker for that shit even though i could (laughs) you know identify it um so i don't know i think she tries to grow and change but i don't know she's really really entrenched in that i'm broken and i'll always be broken shit and i'm like oh sure yeah when you said dealing with it do you mean like like kind of 
Go to therapy, Jessica yeah. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, she doesn't seem like a talk about my feelings type person, but I mean, I mean, because she goes through some shit in season mm-hmm. one. Um, she went through some shit technically before season one. <laughs> yeah. Go yeah. to therapy. Yeah. Well, yeah. she did. She has the whole coping mechanism that they sort of talk about a little bit, at least. Um, so it seems like she she tried therapy for a time. Stay in therapy. Find a better <laughs> therapist. Are you referring to like she was like memor like remembering the the the, the street the names? Street yeah. The yeah. Street names, right? Yeah. Um, and then you had like an actual like re- like a stalker villain basically who literally buys her old house yeah doesn't kill grave kill grave uh, played by the wonderful david yeah. tennant he does do that yeah i fucking hate david tennant now just because <laughs> of that no it's so it's so interesting because like so i used to watch doctor who with uh, i used to watch doctor who and i think it's so interesting that like, before he was cast like the yeah like i'm the like happy-go-lucky doctor who like loves everything and won't kill people and like has a big heart so like this twisted psycho and now he's literally playing the devil in good omens like how the typecast <laughs> is pushed around just like that um and i think just spoke a lot i think i mean for me who's watched doctor before it really just like spoke a lot how like he could just stick to his acting skill oh yeah he subverted that so aggressively and you're just like what the fuck and when he and i I can attest, like, his episode where he came back, season two, was amazing. Mm-hmm. It is sure. really, really haunting presence. Oh, yeah. Um, also, an aside, Chris, I think you mentioned something about the seventh episode, like, about, like, the episode, like, with Jessica's, like, flashback, I guess, that you didn't like. Oh, and now season I understand, two? Yeah, and now I understand why I don't like it. Oh, well, we'll get there, <laughs> believe me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, he was also Barty Crouch Jr. Yes. Potter yeah. Potter Goblin Fire. That was the like four. Yeah. Was right? like- yeah. Kept sticking his tongue out and <laughs> overacting a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think for me, the biggest theme for season one that I always come back to when I talk about this show is um, the power dynamics. And like, like everyone talks about how the show, you know, it's about um, like sexual assault, consent, rape, uh, like really heavy topics, but it's like almost every scene you can identify clearly what the power dynamic is between the characters and like, what it's trying to say about these power dynamics in larger social contexts. Um, And like, it's, it's just fun for me to rewatch the show and like pick out those moments. Um, So like, that's, that's my big thing with season one. Got any example moments? Um, Off the top of your head. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, I like, there's very clearly, um, I, I think it all stems very clearly from having a really strong villain um, mm-hmm. with David Tennant as Kilgrave um, and the fact that he, his power is that he's able to control people. He's able to say anything and the person who hears him will have to do it. Um, so that's just like asking to talk about this, you know? Um, yeah. And then 
he's he's always controlling the people around him and in his life, but it also talks when we sort of see his backstory a little bit, um, like he's being initially controlled by his parents. He doesn't have power and he's able to take power back. Um, and Jessica's whole arc of escaping from him and then having to deal with his return is sort of about escaping from being under his control um, and having to flip that. But then even with her and Trish, like her, her friend Trish in the show, um, like Trish has money and she has power that Jessica doesn't have, but Jessica has literal physical power that she doesn't have. Um, and then with her relationship with Luke Cage, um, like she's a white woman and he's a black man. And that is its own power dynamic that we sort of see explored. Um, and he's just like a very strong person, but she again has literal super strength. Um, and mm -hmm. like you, you see it a lot in sort of their sex scenes um, where it's like, she's able to sort of overpower him and it's like, unexpected but then also like in in the bar like she has the power on the street you know if that makes sense i feel like i ran yeah no I, I know what you mean yeah 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 um is your caitlin anything to add on that specifically because like i i'm you know i feel like luke cage is just such a pivotal moment of that first scene mm -hmm. uh, of that first season yeah yeah. Like. yeah yeah and like this dabbles a bit to the second season but i think you also just because like i literally have almost finished watching it as of like <laughs> past 48 hours but um you definitely do notice like that power dynamic in season two albeit i think i think a little it's a lot not a little, it's a lot weaker, weaker in my opinion yeah like in regards like to the first season like and i think like, luke cage into the mix i think like i think def like in regards to luke cage i think it definitely at first felt like you know jessica and luke like they're a clump of like hair so it felt almost necessary but i like how the show really focused on like it's jessica jones's show it's not jessica and luke and really acknowledging that the duo is there but also you know really focusing on jessica as like a character and showing what she goes through and relapse i think is a like this is like a season but like, relapse is like a big Thing. and I think Jessica sort of overcoming I guess her struggles more season one made it feel like a lot more hopeful which I right. yeah yeah season. um I think also another sorry it just popped into my head another example sure. of the power dynamics that I didn't mention yet um is the Jerry Hogarth the lawyer um and yeah. sort of her whole <laughs> oh not a fan um, I, said, I said yes like yeah you're right <laughs> Chris's groan seemed a little bit more <laughs> <laughs> we, we talked about her in uh, in our in our lack of queer representation episode of AP Marvel yeah and we had we had some stuff to say about her back then. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah well but like within her whole sort of like love triangle like clearly like she's a powerful lawyer she's in control of her life and her destiny and then like with her interactions with Kilgrave and then with her like wife that she's cheating on and even the secretary um, like it all sort of spins out of control and those power dynamics are constantly shifting. Like that's something that I appreciate in season one is that the dynamics never feel static. 
they feel like they're always sort of changing depending on um, the scene and who's what's happening. Um, like it's not just I'm always more powerful than you and I always know what's right uh, or I'm always weaker than you and I never get anything right. Uh, like people have ups and downs. Yeah, you see people a lot like making contingency plans, oh, right. and you know, kind of a react like acting and reacting, and you know, it's it's they're all just power plays. I think that's kind of the, you know, kind of the interesting thing about season one. Um, Caitlin, anything else on power dynamics? I, I feel like we we've, we've been talking a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, um, I think no, you guys are fine. I mean, that's that's podcasting. Um, mm. I think. I mean, I think that Ray is totally right. Um, the thing that I always associated season one with more was um, how we invade each other's boundaries. Mm. Like, Kil- Kilgrave is obviously, like, the big, like, horrible example of that. But, like, there's so many interactions in that season between, like, Trish and Jessica and, like, Trish and her mom and, like, Luke and Jessica. Just, like, and, and, like, Malcolm especially has, like, so much going on with that kind of stuff. And it just feels like there's constantly, like, just little ways that, like, everyday people, like, don't respect each other's boundaries or, like, don't notice them or don't care. Mm-hmm. That then gets kind of, like, brought into the forefront by Kilgrave and all the awful shit that he pulls. But it's, like, it's just kind of always there throughout all of the plots with everybody. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, and then you have, um, you know, I've I've always really enjoyed the dynamic between Malcolm and Jessica. Yeah, kind of his, you know, kind of her weird. Um, well, okay, not not weird, but like he. No, their relationship is weird. Yeah, it's a pretty <laughs> weird. I mean, like he he's literally like messing around with her space a lot, right? Like he just he just kind of goes in and out. Let's um, talk about boundaries. Yeah, yeah, um, kind of the literal embodiment of that. But he kind of goes through an interesting arc, and a lot of that's like spurred on by by Kilgrave and his his influence. And but but you know he he has a real drug problem that he has to overcome. Um, kind of blanking on, I I feel like Jessica just kind of like made him quit cold turkey. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> someone correct me if I'm misremembering things. No, but I he think basically right. cleans up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, his arc is weird the show handles addiction in a really weird way yeah yeah nope the soul especially when we get to season two Ugh. i'm telling you about that mm. <laughs> uh anything on season one before we spend like two minutes talking about the defenders <laughs> um no well. um i guess like to speak towards um like this note you had here but like, the trope of jessica being this alcoholic like anti-hero and like oh like alcoholic anti-hero like you know, being known because like Jessica Jones, like I remember um distinctly how like she almost became like the sort of icon amongst like you know, the people I guess in the community, like people I guess like in like the Marvel community scene who like saw, you know, Jessica as like this sort of strong woman, like a woman being strong because like she's tough. And that like definitely I mean I definitely I like looked up to that a lot but i think we realize i think you also realize like especially as you go throughout the show that's not always the best thing you know <laughs> go to therapy <laughs> well yeah but that's the, thing, that's the thing that's frustrating is like the show i feel like tries to be like hey this isn't great but then it keeps like leaning back into it and i'm like 
Because that's who she is, you know, they always have to have her regress because that's, because Jessica will be Jessica. Yeah, like, as someone who was, like, at the time of watching season one when it came out, was like a feelings are stupid, I'm gonna be drunk all the time person, like, it's better to, you know, be able to grow past that and realize, like, (laughs) it's okay to have feelings and talk to people and maybe not, like, vent through, like, substance abuse yeah i mean that's sort of one of my frustrations with season two is that i feel like season one sort of tried to build towards that a little bit especially with like jessica's relationship with trish and then season two just does nothing with any of that and in fact make all of it worse well speaking of making it worse the defenders this was uh the, the show. <laughs> yeah so you know usually in comics people have different runs on the same series and you get to see different writers interpretations of the characters you know some of them are good some of them are bad some of them unlock potential that you might have never seen in the character before the defenders was uh it was run by the dudes who made daredevil not even season one but daredevil season two <laughs> which not great television, but I guess Marvel Television was like, hey, you guys did okay with that one, and we can't find anyone else, so you guys are in charge. <laughs> the hand was in that, the hand's in yeah. this. Aha. Two well, and two together. Well, well. Mm. They, um... Christ. Okay, so they... <laughs> uh, I, I remember really liking episode one. That was directed by S.J. Clarkson, who... Um, directed, I think, the first two episodes of Jessica Jones. I think she's, like, been Emmy-nominated, or mm. she's been nominated for other stuff for uh, her work on Jessica Jones. She was going to direct the fourth Star Trek reboot movie, oh. and then she had to drop out because she ended up, um, she ended up attached to some sort of Game of Thrones prequel for HBO, but, uh, <laughs> anyway, she's going places. Clearly. Uh, we can sidebar about Game of Thrones pretty cool later. <laughs> Every uh, messy fucking media franchise. <laughs> Every single one. Yeah, S.J. Clarkson gets around. Um, so, yeah, the Daredevil season two people basically wrote their interpretation of Jessica Jones. And if you, like, watch all the trailers, it's like, okay, there's the blind ninja. There's the whiny white billionaire boy. There's the... There's the black guy who's bulletproof. And then Jessica Jones hears her smashing a shot glass on a bar. <laughs> like, everything that was focused on, like, hey, these are the distinct parts of each of the four characters. Jessica was just like, oh, yeah, she's the one who drinks. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, the trailer capper at the end when she was, like... You know, it was, like, her when they were in the subway and she just sees some dude's, uh, f- you know, six-pack of beer. beer. Yeah. And the guy's sleeping, so she just grabs one and just starts drinking. And Matt Murdock and Luke Cage are just, like, staring at her. But it's like, yeah, that's her thing. <laughs> she drinks a lot. Yep, that's her superpower. Yeah. Um, that's it. That's the only one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Her other superpower in the show was that taking she was pictures. able to... Well, taking pictures, but she was able to punch anyone out or in of or in of or in or out of consciousness, which I thought was like whenever they need to wake someone up, she would just punch them. <laughs> um, uh. Yeah, I think the interesting part about her is that she is the only one who rejects the the call to action. She's the only one who like she's sitting at the dinner table and she's like, "Yo, y'all are nuts. I'm gonna leave." <laughs> 
And it's like, yeah, you're right. Like, don't get involved in this. Uh, but, you know, eventually, you know, she, you know, cause, because she has sympathy for, like, her connection to this whole thing is that, oh, um, the wife of someone who was involved in this shadiness is, you know, really hurting from their loss because of the machinations of this weird organization. So, you know what? I'm going to push a car through this window and I'm going to join the fight. And then that's pretty much her, that's the whole season, you know, Mm -hmm. she doesn't do anything else. Um, Which doesn't matter anyway, because they don't mention the Defenders at all in Jessica Jones season two. Nope. Yeah. (laughs) Um, They reference, they reference the rap, like Civil War, I guess. Yeah. 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 But, you know, there was, there was no mention of the fact there was a giant freaking earthquake in Manhattan. There was no mention that, hey, remember Daredevil? Remember how that guy died? (laughs) (laughs) I would be surprised if this was. Actually, no, never mind. He's, back, like, <laughs> He's dead, Chris. Why would you bring it up? He's yeah. dead. Oh, sorry, did I spoil that? Yeah, Daredevil's permanently dead. Oh, no, um, I just meant, why would you... If someone's dead, you don't have to talk about them. Those are the rules. That's true, yeah. But it's Marvel, so they always have to throw in random references anyway. Um, It is my understanding that... uh. Caitlin, you did not finish season two, and you just read up on the rest of it. Uh, yep, that's correct. Oh, I, oh buddy! <laughs> I also uh, didn't watch Defenders, because it looked terrible. Um, it was. It was underwhelming. There were good scenes. I remember literally nothing about the Defenders, except that the building falls at the end. As right. soon as they were like, we're really just going to keep committing to Iron Fist, I was like, goodbye. <laughs> Man. Aww. That, oh god i okay i can't i can't get into this anyway <laughs> um and it is my understanding that hannah and izzy have both kind of uh last minute binged watched season two yes for the purpose of this I, episode i think yes yes i did not as um as we mentioned earlier i am one episode away from finishing mm-hmm. but looking at the notes <laughs> the it oops. looks like <laughs> I look at the nose. I mean, like this is bullet points, but it looks like what I thought would happen happens. So <laughs> I guess I'm prepared. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but one more thing before we um, touch on um, season two. So I was looking at our old lectures for the Defenders and Jessica Jones. Oh, for the Stuco class that we do. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and my co-teacher at the time, Thomas. Um, I remember I was, like, sitting in his house, like, trying to come up with some ramshackle arc. At the, like, seeing it now is, like, a ramshackle arc. And for, for Jessica we were, and the Defenders? Yeah. I think okay. and for, like, everyone. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Please, like, God, let them have a story. Any <laughs> <Right>? story. Like, <laughs> like, we, um, I think Daredevil and Iron Fist, I guess, but I think Daredevil and Iron Fist, I think, were the more obvious yeah. ones, which, like, the latter of which kind of sucks. <laughs> we couldn't find anything for Luke Cage, but, like, for Jessica, we had come to the consensus that she essentially tries to learn to work with others and find that maybe she is, in fact, a hero. Obviously, when we go back to season two, none of that. That's not the case. Yeah. And, I don't know, like, I think, real, like, sort of, the journey of like real maybe this will be an episode but the i guess relapse in the mcu like through tony stark 
maybe through Jessica Jones as well is something interesting I wanted to explore. And Jeff Jessica definitely has those moments where it's very much like an up and down roller coaster. But I think in season two, in season two, it was too extreme. Uh, yeah, no, there there was definitely some ups and downs for for these characters because man, everyone is just unhappy in season two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Hannah, since I, it, it sounds like season two is so fresh in your mind, if you want to try to tackle this, <laughs> I mean, where do I even begin? Um... <laughs> We could begin with the mother since that was she was like the I mean when you're talking about power dynamics and how when you're, when you're talking about literal superpower uh, Kilgrave is very different but her mother is the same ish yes like she's like a surprisingly manipulative character um, also she, like I'm sorry Hannah I'm gonna go can for we it stop doing fucked up mom I know I'm so like I'm so done. fucking tired of. Like, women who are terrible mothers. Uh-huh. Like, we get it. Women are bad. <laughs> I'm a monster! <laughs> I'm a monster and I raise monsters! <laughs> well, it seems like the, like, classic, like, womanhood dichotomy. You know, like, either you're a virgin or a whore. You're either a monstrous mother or you're the angel mother who's died. You know, like, there's never, like, an in-between. Let a mom live and not be the worst challenge. Twenty nineteen, yeah. <laughs> truly. Do y'all see? Do y'all see Daredevil season three with nah. their mother shit? Nah, <laughs> no, bro. I don't watch that fucking <laughs> Catholic garbage. Beat up garbage. Uh, man. Go ahead, Anna. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I I think just on a whole, like the writing is just not up to snuff with season one like that tension that exists in every scene of season one is totally absent in season two in my opinion especially in the first like four episodes um like until her mother gets introduced it sort of feels like we're just sort of floating along and anything else that happened in jessica's past like didn't change anything like nothing happened you know yeah Mm -hmm. I know Netflix's like biggest, like the MCU, Netflix universe's biggest problem is that that they have like all these filler episodes. I think if this episode, if this show was like season was like ten episodes, I think it would feel a lot more like, compact and less like we were slugging through it. But it did get like really over contrived and predictable at a point. I was like, oh, she's gonna be her mother, isn't it? And because mm. I also knew that fact, but it was just like, I, it just felt, I guess, too, I think the tension that was in season one, it's almost as if the, I guess the writers sensed that they were winning people over over this dark green Marvel universe and then tore that up like to like times 20 yeah. in every other show. Like, it just feels like melodramatic compared to like dramatic you know like yeah my long lost mother (laughs) right like you know like season one deals with trauma from jessica's past but it's like external drama and then all of this is just like i'm sad about my mom i'm a monster (laughs) and it's just like it's it's like not interesting you know like it's 
Also, she doesn't get to do any fucking detective work in, like, season two. Like, the plot yeah. is just, like, she found a clue. She doesn't actually look for anything. It's so frustrating. <laughs> she doesn't have to outsmart anyone. In fact, she is often the one being outsmarted. Like, that was the fun. The yeah. cat and mouse of yeah. her and Kilgrave in yeah. season one. Ugh, just none of that is there. Yeah. Yeah, well, which is frustrating because, like, what you were saying about the melodrama is interesting because, like, I tend to prefer things that are over-the-top, ridiculous, like, neo-noir melodrama bullshit things. Mm-hmm. And um, by framing Jessica Jones as a detective story in a modern day, they definitely try to do, like, a modern, like, neo-noir kind of thing with it. Mm-hmm. But they, they, they grounded it too much in reality to lean into, like, the really ridiculous parts of that. Right. And then in season yeah. two, it felt like they were like, yo, what if we tried? And it's like, no, you already <laughs> fucked up. You didn't set the tone. There's as, as ridiculous and garbage as these things are, there's an art to them. Yep. There's a reason why Riverdale is successful and Jessica Jones oh is not. Oh, my God. Well, uh, <laughs> but uh, I... Uh, <laughs> I, I, that's so apt because like season one of Riverdale for me was like watchable garbage while season two was not. And like, I feel like season two of Jessica Jones was like also watchable garbage, you know? Like, yeah. I yeah. mean, like, at least if you're on board with like, at least Riverdale season two, if nothing else, like I like it, I'm, I will defend it. But <laughs> at least if you've gotten to the end of season one. You're like, all right, I I know the pace, yeah. I know the vibe, I know where we're going, but like, and then so then when they're like, what if we got even wilder? You're like, yes, absolutely, I get it. It's like, whereas like this is just like, yeah. I don't know, I guess we're turning the fucking ship. Here's what I figured out just in this moment. Season one is like if they went from like season one of Breaking Bad to season two of Riverdale. Like you can't do that. Yeah. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> there's an art. There's oh a my subtlety. god! You gotta. It's like the when you, the. It's like the cooking the frog thing. You gotta turn yeah. it up slowly. You can't yes. just do it. No. Honestly, I think the best. I think mentality. I guess moment that describes up my season to Jessica Jones experiment. Uh, experience was like experiment. <laughs> <laughs> the test tube and it's ten p.m. and I got four. Let me tell you what happened. <laughs> so I was in. I was like, an, uh, I was the worst and pretty much crammed Jessica Jones season two over three days. Jesus. I, uh. I watched, I watched Jessica Jones from like 11 p.m. to 4 a.m. <laughs> alongside uh. schoolwork last night. No one should ever do that. That's not you a sentence that should come out of show. anyone's mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and then. So I was like, I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna make it. I'm on track. And then I decided, instead of watching last episode, to just have dinner with my friends and just, you know, be like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, <laughs> I good choice. Can't I can't deal with like it was just so, and especially for me, like who had connected so closely with who had to be frankly honest, like connected a lot with Jessica during the first season mm-hmm. and still sort of knows those like sort of I think what season two still did really well is that they made they still kept like Jessica as like stubborn as she was like I don't think I think there was like a it's like a huge character inconsistency but like just seeing her go through shit after shit again and like 
seeing their regular emergency experiences, that was hard. Mm. And the fact that I binged that was like, I'm going to dig myself in a hole of self-pity <sighs> if I don't get out. If that makes any sense. It's like how much how much misery can you compact and then like consume all at once? Exactly. Yeah, like it's so it's so serious and like just to keep seeing her like bogged down like was just hard to watch. And like yes, like first season, same shit, but it was handled in like a more I think nuanced way that sort of presented a more like yeah, like nuanced, holistic view. Sure. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I'm really glad that season two wasn't out at the time that I watched season one because I think a lot of the reason that I vibed with it because I was like, this fucked up person and I are the same. <laughs> we are both having a time. <laughs> but like watching season two at that time, I it would have been rough. Yeah, it would have it would have been a bad time. Yeah, everyone has a bad time in that show. I mean, uh, Malcolm is now. He's now uh, on this fake OK Cupid, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Trish is, you know, becoming more overtly jealous of Jessica's powers and goes through some pretty uh, gnarly lengths (laughs) to try to. Yeah, Trish is the worst in this season. Yeah, no, you're right. Trish is the worst. <laughs> like they put the needles in her back and then she's like It which oh. like it kills me how annoying I find her in this season because in season 1 like I love strong female relationships with other characters like like within characters in shows and like seeing that in Jessica Jones season 1 is like that's one of my favorite parts of it is that she does have this just like absolute sisterly bond with this other woman. Um, And then to just watch that fall apart for kind of no reason, it feels like in season two, like the show tries to give reasons, but it all just seems so like plot convenient. It doesn't feel natural to these characters in my opinion. I don't know. I think I feel like the arc that they were going for, they planted seeds in season one Especially showing, like, the physical, like, training and stuff that Trish was doing and her, like, martial arts stuff. I think they were trying to lay out, like, uh, it should have been me thing. Mm. But then I don't think that they executed on it. Well, especially because there did always seem to be, like, the weird rivalry between them because of Trish's mom. Like, it felt like there was stuff there that could have been capitalized on. And then instead of doing that, they are like, what if we just engaged in fuckery? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, based on me not having seen the last episode, I I don't think this happens, but like I still think presenting like Jessica versus Trish could be interesting because after watching season two, I even like I haven't watched the last episode yet, I had just thought where can you go from here? If Jessica is completely and utterly alone and you delve into her past like where else can she go gotta make new friends i guess get on bumble (laughs) exactly what she does (laughs) i hate it i hate it i hate that she 
Uh, Who is freaking rando boys in season two? Like, you, you, someone said the word. Someone said the name Oscar earlier. Oscar. Like, Who the f- Wait, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's the guy with the kid, right? The yeah. Lord, dude. Yeah, uh, Oscar and Vito. Yeah. Okay, sure. I'll um, take your word. Yeah. Their names. Vito. Uh, um, and then Tr- Trish had a boy, I think, for a while. Well, it was um, Griffin, Griffin, and then became just let them uh, be gay. <laughs> right. Like I don't not because they they have like a weird relationship yeah, that makes like that kind of uncomfortable. Sister, yeah, but, but yeah, like so. maybe you just don't do that. Maybe you just let them be gay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I assume you meant. <laughs> yeah, no, I just want to clarify that. But yeah, yes, yes, yes. Maybe, get it on the maybe, record. Maybe I just, think they maybe just let them be gay. <laughs> yeah, um, they they had the thing with what was his name? Will Simpson, aka Discount Steve Rogers, yeah. in season one. And he had, he had the pills, right? And like, oh and yeah, the weird. Trish like... gets a little taste of that, mm-hmm. and that's the, because she literally has a superpower drug in season two. She has an inhaler. Uh huh. Just like I need, I need which you know it. that's that's gonna make everybody feel empowered as a fucking inhaler. <laughs> yes, nothing makes you take make me take you more seriously as a superhero than just oh, being like, hold on, let me shake this up real quick, and then just. <laughs> just take a damn pill yeah yeah oh man i love how they were setting up will simpson and then he just fucking dies in the first episode he's in in season two uh yeah who cares about that guy no one um, clearly so i think in contrast from season one for me which is about power dynamics i feel like season two is more about control like the literal amount of times that they say in the script the word control i was like ready to die by the end of it you know like (laughs) take a shot (laughs) like it's just oh so that's a dangerous suggestion chris (laughs) every time jessica breaks a lock oh my god breaks a lock or says someone says the word control (laughs) you'll die um like like that's what i'm talking about just like all subtlety has been thrown out the window, you know, like season one, like people's motivations are implied or like you discover them through like wordless scenes. There's none of that in season two. People just like state their motivations and like say, I can't control this. I can control myself. I'm in control, not my addiction. And like, they're all wrong. No one's in control. They're all stupid. I hate it. Cause like, at that point, it didn't even feel like now that you bring it up, it didn't. Well, like, I noticed that too. But at that point, I don't think it even felt like a theme. It just felt like a thing that was there. Yeah. Like a literal, like, object. Well, like, yeah. Metaphysical object in the show that, like, people were trying to wrestle and argue over. It didn't even feel organic at nope. all. Yeah. It was mostly just like the show being like, the theme is control. <laughs> <laughs> Get it? Her mother's out of control. Uh. Where's the remote control? <laughs> I know, change um, the channel. And like, and like all the the subplot with Hogarth and like being diagnosed with um, ALS and like you know dealing with the fact that she's not she is a character who always likes to be in control and then suddenly isn't con- in control of her life. She doesn't know when she'll die. She ends up she's getting again a lesbian orgy. <laughs> um, she ends up please. getting. She ends up getting like grifted by these people, and so that's an even farther lack of control. But then she takes it back and causes them pain and mayhem. And 
Yeah. Um, literal murder she causes. Yeah. That's God. control. Did you not know that it's just murdering it's, people? <laughs> so you control your life as you just kill people. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Trinity. That's how you take control of the situation. It's just murder. Yeah, with a gun. That's the real control. That's what Overwatch taught me. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, with her mother and, like, the doctor who gave them all superpowers, like, who's really in control. Yeah, he's so annoying. Um, Like, God. If someone has words to describe (laughs) him, help me out. I just, like... He's just, like... He's a, you know what he is? He's just, is this Carl, right? Yeah. I'm assuming this is Carl. He's just generic. He's the guy with like, the, oh no, he has band shirts. No, he has a personality. He's a stoner. <laughs> That's his personality. He's like, oh yeah, man, I just want to help people, you know? But then they wanted to make super soldiers. So I stole your mom and now we're married. I'm your new dad. It's like, what? Which, what? What? And there's no other reaction to that. There's yeah. nothing about that that's not just like fucking excuse me. Especially after last season, which was about a man abducting a woman, multiple women, mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. controlling them. Yeah. I just. Yeah. Also, like the trope of like Doctor saves like science experiment and then bangs it yeah. is like not it. It's not cool. Not here not for it. Yeah. It's so, it feels so weird that this was, that it was made before Weinstein and then came out after <laughs> Weinstein. And then you think like, what the fuck happened here? <laughs> I mean, they tried, they, like, they, they tried to like throw the, the theme of consent of like, oh, I did not consent to you giving me superpowers. Mm. You goddamn stoner man. <sighs> That's like a buzzword uh, yeah. it, at that point. The season also tries to like pull the like superheroed people are like oppressed crap and like mm. I just am not here for any oh, of it especially yeah. because I noticed every single time that she brings it up it's to a person of color and I'm yeah. just like mm. oh my god yeah that Jessica. was like the- the main thing that kept me from watching this show for so long was right after it came out, I follow, um, like, some specifically, like, black women, um, like, film and TV critics, mm-hmm. and they were all talking about, like, how fucked up this season was just off the bat. Yeah. And, like, so when I was, like, looking at the notes today, I was trying to remember, like, some of the specifics of the, on that crit, and, like, I put some of the articles in the doc, but, like, yeah, the fact that, like, like, Oscar, like, she's literally, like... Uh, you're discriminating against uh, like superhero people. people. And he's like you're, and he's like you're not a protected class. And it's like <laughs> literally the conversation is in reference to like him not wanting police around in regards to a murder. <laughs> and it's like, and I think yeah. that as it even says like yeah, like it's a little bit fucked up that she didn't recognize why like a man of color with a child <laughs> would not want police around in fucking New York <laughs> when there has been a murder. And like that critique was even better because it flat out said like, yo, it makes sense for Jessica to not understand that. Mm-hmm. But the fact that nobody else in the show like meaningfully engages with it in any way, especially because there are a lot of folks of color, like, is fucked. Yeah. Well, and then the, like, cop that she has, like, a problem with is, like, the black woman who ends up dying. And, like, it's just so bad. It's very bad. It's inexcusable. 
I don't even remember. <laughs> I like it's very like in out, but it's the little things like it's still it's almost like the little things like like Sunday is the mm-hmm. one like antagonizing Jones and like being distrustful. Yes, of Jones. exactly. Like, it's a very I it's a very it's a mirror of like how um, Oscar's ex wife was like you know he's my son this is everything right and like just her like sort of, like these people of color almost like asking for a favor for like the white like the white man or woman like the white savior complex essentially and it's trying it focuses so much more on like Tresca and Trish's relationship and like yes they're both white like that was cast before like like when that when that season was made like over like three years ago um like when the sorry when the deal was first announced like when those who were cast like over three years ago like that was made but there's still like the air of pretension because of whom they focus on mm-hmm. and how they look down on others. Totally. They had some of those like through lines in season one, where I think someone tries to bamboozle Jessica into like solving a case, but it turns out she's just mad because of the incident, as they keep calling it. And then yeah, uh, like it's that was a weird moment for sure. Yeah, it's really it dis- it was it was an episode that described more, I guess, the state of like her world than like offer really anything to this story yeah. beyond like some background details on like the search for Kilgrave. But like, the biggest problem was that there are like a bunch of filler episodes and Amazon wasn't like willing to let go of them, even though they could have come all together and make a different show too. Yeah. Uh yeah, season two, Jessica Jones. A lot of interesting things to unpack there. I mean this is <laughs> the first time I'm really hearing anything anything uh, deep and critical about it because I didn't really engage with the show after I just I, I just binged all of season two and I was like well okay whatever <laughs> I just kind of moved on with my day what's new with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. now that's a good show by the way um, was just my attitude has it gotten good again? oh I fucking love Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh. let me tell you <laughs> <laughs> Where's that exceptional episode? Uh, oh yeah, Why? Agents of Shield is exceptional, but exceptional being an acronym that I have to I'll come up with an acronym. <laughs> anyway. Agents of Shield, great show. Jessica Jones. Was a great show. Well, yeah, I mean it's it's I, I still hold it in high regard, but at least season one had alias <laughs> to fall back on. Yeah. Season two was just like all all original. Original stuff. new, yeah. <sighs> This is like the Game of Thrones effect of like what happens when you're ahead of the book. I don't know. Maybe this is just me and I'm usually sort of not the best at always picking up on like editing and like filmmaking um, like technical stuff. But I, I feel like at this point I can tell when something is bad and like like I, I, I can't pick out what's great, but I can always tell it's bad. And it felt like season two was just like sort of sloppily made like there were just like these weird edits that would come in and out that would just sort of like show random images. Like I I can't think of a specific example. I just remember ending one episode and going, who put this together? Like (laughs) this is barely cohesive. Was this a prank? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Like, I just feel like in general season two just had a lack of attention to detail that season one seemed to have. Um, like in, in every way. And that I feel like all of the side stories 
really pushed towards Jessica's story, but also towards um, the themes of season one. Whereas in season two, there's just a lot kind of simultaneously happening. And mm-hmm. Jessica is there. Yeah. Like, I, the fact that, I guess, she, honestly, the fact that she's been, I guess, present at, like, every time there's, like, a crime, or, like, the aquarium exploding, or, like, wizards die, or, like, <laughs> that's just so, like, that. what are the odds? Right. That's not realistic. That fucking aquarium uh, scene. <laughs> Did that annoying neighbor come back in season two? Malcolm? No. <laughs> no. No, the one with the brother who Oh, got no. Totally oh, no, murdered. they died. I know, sorry. Yeah, she did. Yeah. What? Oh, she. <laughs> I don't remember that. No, 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 the, no the guy died. The guy died. The guy died. I think no, the, the sister. girl moved out. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know. Yeah, we just never sure. see her again. Yeah. There was some gnarly her. stuff in season one. Yeah. yeah. That dude put his arm through a uh, uh, garbage disposal. Yeah. Sink. But it was compelling. Nothing in season two <laughs> was compelling. <laughs> I need to see more severed arms. <laughs> Down the garbage disposal. <laughs> God. Did you know that season two was directed uh, by it was entirely by women? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. That caused a shitstorm online for obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> you get you get you get to see a lot of uh, comments talking about uh, uh, true equality, true equality. They should have uh, equal. Oh my men, God. But. Um, uh no, put put these female directors on a platform, please. Um so It's unfortunate though that the season sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's the like like this is the problem though, that and like I'm preaching to the choir, I'm sure, of like <laughs> You know, like, you can't make female superhero films because they fail. Like, well, we did one. We tried one. We tried one season where it was all female directors. Can we try another? You know, like, you have to try more chances. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, like, it wasn't that disastrous. Like, these, all of these directors could still have it as, like, a nice part of their resume, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and, like, you know, there, there are plenty of, like, you know, very talent like uh, Michelle McLaren. I think is one of my favorite television directors of all time. She's done episodes of Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones, Walking Dead. Like she, you like watch a Michelle McLaren episode and you know that she's behind the camera. She's fucking amazing. Which episode um, did she direct? Uh I'm trying to think of specific Breaking Bad episodes or, or the Jessica the one- Jones episode. Oh no! No, she did not do oh, that Jessica okay. Jones episode because she has like moved past that, <laughs> that point. It. She's trying to get into movies, I think. Okay. She almost directed Wonder Woman, and then oh. she dropped out for creative reasons, and then Patty Jenkins took over. Wow. But Rip. I would have loved to see Michelle McLaren's uh, Wonder Woman. Yeah, me too. Um, do you think she wouldn't have had an entire fucking manifesto about love when people were like, "Yo, this wasn't it." Oh my god! <laughs> Dear Lord. Anyway, watch out for that name. But uh, you know, I I would S.J. Clarkson. I mentioned um, obviously going places like switching between franchise every other week. I, I assume, but um, yeah. So before we talk about our hopes and dreams for season three, uh, I wrote up a question here: What will the MCU be missing without Jessica Jones? Anyone want to? Um, Pick up a woman with any amount of complexity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, um, I'm 
plan writing an editorial about this, which by the time this will be released, it's already been published, but Hey-o. I think I am worried for Captain Marvel mm. um, for a handful of reasons that I'll, you'll see, because I still have to write the thing. <laughs> um, but... God, sorry. Yep. It's yep. okay. <laughs> but, like, I don't think the movies provide as much of a creative outlet, like, as much as TV can. I mean, look at all this bullshit with Rotten Tomatoes and the fact that <laughs> men still don't understand that, yes, women can share a screen mm. with them. And No! Roster. I'm gonna let my I'm gonna have my voice heard on Rotten Tomatoes, because <laughs> oh it's not possible. Goddamn, yes. this and the SJWs. To quote... Yeah, like to quote like Jerry, sorry, like my last point, like to quote Jerry telling Price, like, oh, this is where the man learns that, yeah, sometimes he can't get everything that he wants. And like, you know, women are more powerful than you sometimes. Deal with it. Yeah. Um, I don't think, I don't think any outlet right now and like maybe the disney plus shows but like we don't know anything about that yet but like there are no outlets where you can i think confidently and adequately really explore the relationships and femininity that jessica jones had yeah well and i don't think that like i mean movies in general have a really hard time with characterization just because of the format like it has to be like a really really condensed not even succinct but it has to be like a very focused plot to really achieve characterization in a way that matters Mm -hmm. and marvel movies like super super struggle with that already and two you can just tell already that she's going to just be a stereotypical like i do good things because i'm a good person and i'm (laughs) going to continuously say the word good over and over and over again or the right thing that's gonna just be what it is and like fine whatever that's it is what it is um that's the only way you're gonna get a woman headlined marvel film and that's fine i guess and like i talk shit about like jessica jones also being tropey but at least that trope leans a little bit closer to like reality in a way that i think a lot of people did really vibe with and Mm -hmm. that i don't think captain marvel can like grab as well aside from being like look at what a great role model she is for little girls (laughs) she's in the air force yeah Jesus Christ, is she really? Yeah. yeah. That's gonna be Witness a huge her. part of the movie. Witness her, a hero. Yeah. <laughs> a hero. A hero. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but no. yeah, oh, they've been they've been going hard with the Air Force related promotion. Uh, okay, well, sure. Let's like this is like so last Captain Marvel aside. They are trying to position this as the Black Panther for women. That's not that's, gonna happen. That's oh. not also that framing is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. People need to stop fucking saying especially people who aren't in those identity groups need to stop fucking saying that anything is gonna be the pa- Black Panther of anything else. <laughs> it doesn't that doesn't even fucking make sense. That's nothing. You're just saying words. Caitlin, I love that. I wish I want a recording of that. <laughs> you can make that I'll clip it. I'll send it to you. Thank you. <laughs> Aquaman was the Black Panther uh, for um, for fish. Yeah. <laughs> for fucking fish. Like no, the no, but the literal Black Panther because that's what Jason Momoa get the throne. And Patrick Wilson had similar arguments. 
aside. But yeah, basically, I think nothing can be the Black Panther for women because we as a society are definitely not in that state. Okay, mm-hmm. Izzy, I got a pitch for you. That. What if there was an yeah. isolated nation that was only full of women? <laughs> <laughs> then um I don't know and then uh, Chris please don't make me dunk on Wonder Woman again and then a man <laughs> comes in I can't do it I can't a handsome do it. man uh Joss oh, oh, wait wait wait, so wait, wait. um Chris is this man white yes actually how did you know <laughs> I mean the real reason that you can't have a Black Panther for women is because like it would just white feminism all, the, yep. all over the place yep. And yep. exactly yeah I mean look at <sighs> Jessica Jones did the exact same thing even though you thought couldn't be done <laughs> but it did it would be i will say though it's interest it would be interesting in season three because i would assume this season was made post because as i mentioned season two was made pre me too and it came out post me too and that was a weird that was like a really i guess interesting like time frame but season three will be i guess me too has happened and just and i think at the very least, in season one, Jessica Jones was really relevant for, I guess, the female, like, for, like, I guess, in, you know, like, in something more coherent. Um, fe- maybe fe- feminism is the best word um, I can think of right now in my sleep deprived <laughs> to be honest. I watched <laughs> Jessica Jones until four in the morning. Oh, my God. Um, losing my mind but like i think it'd be interesting to in season three to have a fully explored me to aware jessica jones and what that means even if this even in the state i assume she is currently in um but i think it'd be very interesting to explore that and maybe i'll end up like daredevil season three where it is reported that it's magnificently better than season two, but I don't know. I really also don't want it to end on the cliffhanger. But yeah. <laughs> Did you know that Melissa Rosenberg's production company is called Tall Girls Productions? Neat. Why are they gonna be tall? <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm just looking up season three on Wikipedia, and there is literally no information, even though they have like written and shot this thing, other than Kristen Ritter directed an episode, making her directorial debut. Good for you. Um, I mean, I assume like I'm gonna look too, but like I assume like all I've heard is that it's coming out later this yeah, year. That's literally yeah. all we know. Yeah. <laughs> I heard nothing. Presumably the fall sometime. Yeah. Any um anything on the wish list? I mean, again, they have written and shot this thing, so uh, you know, M- Melissa Rosenberg, if you're listening to this. Um, you know, obviously, obviously, yeah. <laughs> uh, obviously, like, there's nothing that can change from now, but anything you hope to see in season three, the final season? I mean, I think mostly for me, just a return to, like, detective work over mm. melodrama would be really nice, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, Jessica Jones really had the potential to be Batman, but good, and just, they didn't stick with it. No! Yeah. Or yeah. like uh, you know, I I grew up watching um uh oh my gosh, I'm blanking on it now. Veronica Mars. And like that ha- it's like that very similar like female private eye like 
kind of badass, takes no shit, like, character. And, like, I loved that. I would watch a super-powered version of that, you know? And, like, Mm -hmm. if Jessica Jones could just even be there, I'd be happy. Well, I guess we'll see. Um, I'm looking at the cast list, and it just literally just says Jessica, Trish, Malcolm, and Jerry. Like, it doesn't even (laughs) have, like, Oscar... Or, oh god um like i literally can't remember any other characters in this show uh but yeah i will assume all the episodes will begin with aka mm-hmm. um yeah, assumption. yeah and yeah that's that's just we that's us pouring one out for jessica jones um, uh, this was a little more critical than I thought it was going to be, but, uh... <laughs> I think, like, well, like, I think it, I think, um, the t- yes, like, the title of this episode is Poor One Out for Jessica Jones, and I think we really, I think, encapsulated that, just really, like, rem- I think we just really remembered it, and remembered it for, <laughs> it's good and bad, which, we sure did which, remember it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I forgot about but most like, of it, but yeah, that's why I was surprised but yeah, how much of it was bad. Like, I'm like I'm taking a class right now about like remembrance and like truth, mm-hmm. and we talk about how a lot of the times, like you know, when we try to remember people, we'll only list like you know, like there are good memories that things we like love and cherish it for, not for like them being a piece of shit to like homeless people in the streets. So I'm glad I guess we're more well-rounded on i guess this in memoriam yeah oh you know what in that case let's let's go around the room and let's just say one nice thing about jessica jones uh just ended up positive izzy what's one <laughs> i don't know if it's a bit or not what's one thing you like about jessica jones why are you starting with me oh, okay um i like how i um i appreciate how she sort of awakened me <laughs> Being to wear leather jackets. Sh- no, sorry. Keep going. <laughs> um, I like how she sort of um, like I think I learned to be more tough from her, and I think I did talk about how sometimes like being tough and holding every like holding everything in is sometimes it's it's not good at all and it's not healthy. But I think she really offered. Like, she is a character, and I think this speaks to Kristen Ritter more than anything, really offered a character that I could personally connect to. And I think through seeing her erratic season two journey, I've learned how to be a better person. <laughs> what not to Also, do. Oscar's attractive. And yes. <laughs> yep, okay, that was her nice thing about Jessica Jones, that Oscar's attractive, and... <laughs> That's it. That was the only takeaway over there. Yeah. Uh Caitlin, your turn. You have to say something else about Jessica Jones. <laughs> um, so I appreciated that in the first season there was a moment where they made it seem like they were gonna make Kilgrave um sympathetic and that it was gonna they were gonna use his trauma to explain all of his fuckery away. And then instead of falling into that bullshit Jessica Jones was like, nah, I'm gonna kill this fucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well Snaps said. to that. Oh, I will add um, the subversion of David Tennant's stereotypes is also a great contribution that Jessica Jones had. Mm. 
Yeah. I do just hate him now. I can't watch him <laughs> in anything else. But I could never hate him. I just see the wibbly wobbly timey wimey doctor. I, I was talking. Oh, I, don't, I don't like Doctor Who, in so I concord- just was like, oh, this motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I also don't like. I also I got well. I then I don't like Doctor Who. I just said I never got into it. Aside, okay. Keep going, Hannah. <laughs> one thing you like about Jessica Jones. Um, God, I feel like they've all been stolen. No, um, I, I feel like it's a cop out to say all of season one. Um, I, <laughs> I'll say the, the female friendship in season mm-hmm. one and just how female driven so much of season one was. Um, I really appreciated that. It was such a refreshing piece of media to watch especially after all of the angst of daredevil my city <laughs> it's just such male angst and this was so like actual female trauma and i was like yes stories about this anyway yeah man there's a lot of like buff dudes punching each other in daredevil like in the media, mm-hmm. I mean that fucking scene. When you no, said- the fucking scene in season two where Matt Murdock. No, not the hallway, but like he visits Kingpin in prison, and they just start. They're sitting in chairs and they just start punching each other. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, I, Chris, always- I, <laughs> I kid you not. I'm sorry to cut you yeah. off. <laughs> cut you off. I can't handle. It. I I kid you not when you said my city. I blanked for a minute and thought. Are you quoting Stephen Amell? Uh, well, Daredevil and Arrow, they have their overlaps. Um, uh, dare, every dare- time I hear Devil, I just think of my my co-host from Palin' Around and my dear friend, who I love. I'm sorry, I'm about to drag you to hell. Yeah, do it. Um, she, <laughs> she loves vigilante, fucked up, terrible men. No. There is one scene in Daredevil where he's just like walking through the hallway with fighting the people or whatever. I've never seen this sh- the the season the show or the show that it's from. I think it's season two, but he's just like he goes through it and he kicks all these dudes ass, and then he's just like fucking wrecked at the end. And she's like, "This is the thing that yeah. gets me more than anything else." And I'm like, "You're broken." Should show her the the shot. I think it's season three, but he he's like beaten up. He just like stumbles into his apartment. Takes off his shirt because he's buff and he's like, he's got bruises and cuts all over and he just fucking falls down to the ground and then like, same, yo. (laughs) Without the buff part, but yeah. (laughs) Anyway, the thing I like about Jessica Jones is that she just fucking abuses her superpowers. (laughs) Like, like, hey, my friend's getting towed. Let me just fuck up this tow truck. Yeah, I would absolutely do that kind of shit, which is why I should never be trusted. <laughs> Doing for my girls, you know? Um, oh, man. Okay, let's wrap this up. Oh. <laughs> Jessica. Jessica! Um, Jessica! Yeah. Okay. Um, you can find me, uh, Chris Compendio. I am at Compenderizer. Uh, I'm currently kind of on a social media uh, hiatus, sabbatical, whatever you want to call it. But if you want to follow me anyway, you know, that is totally fine. I will still retweet things like new AP Marvel episodes, which come out every Thursday. And yeah, Izzy, where can people find you on the Twitter? You can find me at Delirlin. If you look hard enough, you can find um, (laughs) 
my pictures of when I dress up as Jessica Jones. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, just hire, hire a private investigator and a PI. Yeah, PI. Preferably one who doesn't get day drunk. <laughs> anyway. I feel like that's just like part of having a PI license. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it no, comes it's, with it's... a booze. Yeah, at this point. <laughs> it comes with, with a, a single booze. <laughs> <laughs> with one booze. <laughs> here's your badge. Here's your one booze. <laughs> one singular yeah. booze. Oh, man. Yeah. The singular booze is just boo, actually. Um, <laughs> uh, Caitlin. Where are you on Twitter and uh, any last minute plugs? Any quick, any, uh, yeah. And shout outs too. So, if you wanted to name drop. Uh, <laughs> you were I already name dropped Jess. It's okay, fine. Yeah. Um, so you can find my personal account um, at CG and ARs on Twitter. Um, it's a lot of me uh, Pokemon shit posting right now. <laughs> um, and you can find my website at your geeky gal pal on Twitter and just your geeky gal And you should subscribe to Palin Around. Um, it's P A L I N apostrophe and then the word around. Um, it's a good show. Um, and then when you do that, you should also rate and review it. And then, uh, yeah, that's it. Oh, I do a follow by podcast too, so you could listen to that. It's called Sugar. We're going down podcasting. It's me. Yes. It's a mean oh, follow yeah. by oh, podcast. Yeah. Um, will you be back on Bayonetta yes. shit posting by the- <laughs> next week? Who <laughs> you know, I I can't Bayonetta shit post till they give me something. Um, That's true. So yeah. Platinum, Blows help me out, <laughs> please. Oh man. Hannah, I'm sure you can't help out Bayonetta, but where can people find you <laughs> online anywhere? Um, uh, you can, probably the best place to talk to me on Twitter is the at Talking Tropes uh, official podcast Twitter, since I don't really use my personal one at all. Um, uh, <laughs> that's good, actually. That's good. Good on you. I, um, you can also subscribe to Talking Tropes if you're interested on any podcasting device anywhere. Um also, rate and review if you enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that talking tropes? Is that with a G or an apostrophe? Is it talking tropes? It's a. It's the full word talking. A, okay. Talking with yeah. the G. The formal. <laughs> okay. The formal. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 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 <laughs> well, uh, we're talking. actually changing. Uh, we're taking the R out of AP Marvel, and it's just going to be AP Marvel. With, with an apostrophe <laughs> in between. So. It's more casual. Stop, you know, not everybody yeah. can pull off the apostrophe. I'm just going to say, <laughs> it's not for everybody. <laughs> Oh man! Anyway, you can find AP Marvel uh, with the heart with the R in it. Um, we are on Facebook. We are on Twitter. We are on Medium. Uh, we are also on Patreon. We are trying to. It, this is a first March episode coming out. We are trying to. I think we're going to try to start campaigning again because we really want money to be able to pay writers. So if you notice, we've had a lot of written pieces from our own staff members, but we want to get cool guests in. So. Even if you just drop a dollar a month, that would really help us go a long way to um, get some guest writers in, get their voices in, especially with Captain Marvel coming out, because mm-hmm. boy, is there going to be a lot of discourse on that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Air Force! Digital media is <laughs> fucked, so you should support uh, indie outlets through subscription services. <laughs> yeah, Truly. totally. Specifically, patreon.com slash Marvel. <laughs> but uh, no, there's there's plenty of, there is plenty of good stuff around uh, to support, you know, Um yeah, we also have uh, yeah Charles Villanueva did the graphics for us. Steve Maltor did the track Jazz Ventures. 
Thank you for everyone who subscribes to reviews. Thanks to all of our Patreons. And we'll be back next week. Izzy, I think you're still going to do an all-female Captain Marvel hot take episode. Is that correct? Um, but yeah, I am trying to get together a Captain Marvel hot take with, um, all, with all women. And so be on the lookout for that. Um, and I'm trying to plan it out right now. And yeah. Cool. Um, your Captain Marvel piece will be out. And I think I will have a Punisher season two piece out. Um, y'all voted in a Twitter poll. I said, hey, should I write my uh, Punisher Season 2 uh, take? Like, should I write my Punisher Season 2 is bad take? Um, is it too soon? Or should I just let him have it? And an overwhelming percentage said let him have it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, sorry, Frank Castle. Your time's up. <laughs> All Time right. to Thanks be for punished. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for making God. you watch that. Yeah. Dear God. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Bye. God. Did you know that the freaking season ends with him, like, gunning down a bunch of minorities and, like, screaming like a maniac, and then it just smash cuts to in memory of Stan? No. That checks out. <laughs> that checks out. I'm not making that up. Oh, dear Lord. Yeah, no, that sounds correct. Ugh. Ugh.